Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spesh. Hello. What's happening, Derek? I'm freshly back from camping. I'm freshly back from the zoo. <laughs> yes, yes, you said you went to the zoo. We went to the zoo. What possessed you to do that? Um, I had air miles that I cashed in, like, oh. almost a year ago. So you had to use them. And I got, because we usually get, use our air miles towards, like, movie tickets. Yeah. But they changed things, and they didn't have them, so we said, well, let's go to the zoo. <laughs> so we had till mid-December to use them, so let's oh, go okay. to the zoo. There you go. And honestly, when it's kind of, ch- it was it was a sunny day, yeah. but it was chilly, it was a sunny day. and there was, like, hardly any people there. Oh, yeah? And all the animals were sleeping. <laughs> I, I don't know what, the, the cold weather, I guess, just makes them, they were out, mm-hmm. but they were sleeping. Huh. Cool. Eh. Yeah, I got some stuff done around you here. You throw pebbles at them to wake them up. Yeah, Tracy wouldn't let me. <laughs> Just going to throw that. Hey, can I borrow your kid? <laughs> that bear looks like he needs a cuddle. Kid, run in there and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, why don't you go up and cuddle that, that big old lion? <laughs> Come on. His there name's Simba. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> so Mike Burns sent a message a while back to mm-hmm. us, to a bunch of us, going, yep. hey, uh, group trip in November. Who's up for it? I wasn't able to make it. I made it. Because you guys went for four days? Yes. So it was, I took Friday and Sunday, uh, Friday and Monday off, and uh, which everybody, we all were there the same amount of time. And it was, uh, it was good. It was, uh, there were six of us that made it and, uh, it was a, it was a nice fall trip. It was, we had every possible variation of weather throughout the whole <laughs> The Sun, whole weekend. wind, rain, Hail, snow. Hail, sleet, snow. A little bit, yeah. A little bit of snow. You could see some patches of snow still in the forest, even on the last day. Freezing rain. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was very, it was, it was a lot, it was a lot of fun. It's always a lot of fun. Where'd you go? We went to Moon River. We stayed at Moon River Falls and did day trips up, up the, uh, up the channel and, and checked out a bunch of the uh, other campsites. There's a lot of, uh. A lot of campsites up there. It's uh, some of them are actually really Isn't big. That just off Georgian Bay. It is. Yeah, it is. We had considered and contemplated going out to Georgian Bay, or you know, most of the way there. We 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 were there three years ago, and so we basically did the same trip that we did three years ago, sort of. And uh, so yeah, but we we ended up not going at Georgian Bay, but we did go quite a ways up to up the creek. Uh, just checking things out, and mm-hmm. and most of the campsites we saw, we saw we've seen before, been on before, just looking at them. So, and now I'm even more familiar with the area. So I, I'm gonna have to get the family back there. It's really, really, really nice, really cool. I contemplated originally because once I said I couldn't make four days, yeah. then I was booted from that conversation. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> there there was no take backsies on this one. Wait a minute, I got two days up. Too late. Yeah. Too late. There's no take backsies. Um, so I wasn't sure if you guys were still going up that way or yep. not. But that that was the conversation. I'm, I was looking to do. Well, maybe I go up first thing Saturday morning. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And stay overnight and then come back Sunday. That would have worked. But for how far you guys went in. You guys originally were talking how far you were going in? So we were an hour and a half paddle from the cars. So by the I time know, I you know got what? up I didn't even think it was an hour and a half. Maybe made just an hour paddle. So yeah, it would have been a two-hour drive, an hour paddle to the campsite. So three and a half hours to get to the campsite. Mm-hmm. Plus set up and yeah. all of that. It's a lot and of work for, for one night. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of is. Mm-hmm. But kind of yeah. not. Hmm. So yeah, because when we were looking at it, it looked like it was going to be a lot of a, a lot longer paddle. Yes, you know. So if you're looking at like two to three hours driving there, yeah. three or so hours to get in there, another hour. Or so it's after lunch by the time you're ready yeah. to do anything, I know, right? right? And then the next day you're just doing yeah. it all again, sort of deal. It was good though. It was, it was when we got to the uh, when we got to the first site, we, we stopped to check it out, and it, a lot of there was a lot of mumbling about yeah, you know, up river, up river, and and uh, I don't think anybody really wanted to go up river because it's you're portaging not you're, with all the gear, not with all the like, yeah. heavy, heavy. I was I was pretty heavy for this trip. And uh, and so like you know heavy clothes and winter jacket and yeah. stuff like that. So it was like I kind of get a lot of gear here. <laughs> yeah, I'm I I get to be like that at sometimes when you look at a trip, you're thinking, well, we're going to go to this lake, but then we'll go up river to the next lake. You're, well, 
Now let's camp on this one and do a day and we'll trip. do a day trip yeah, up to exactly. that other lake, yeah. and we can hit a couple other spots along mm-hmm. the route. Because that way you're not. Because if you take all that gear up, you got to bring all <laughs> that gear back down. <laughs> yep. It's great to say, hey, let's go into that lake. And then, oh, <laughs> no, we're going to have a big bonfire before we leave and just burn everything yeah. so we don't have to take anything. We're not anything. taking it home. <laughs> yeah, we're not taking anything. We'll just burn it all. Yeah. 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 That's, I, I get, in the fall, that, that's when I get like that in the fall sometimes, depending on how cold it's going to be. Because mm-hmm. you're bringing the extra heavy jackets and, yes. and stuff like that. And you're just like, oh, man, I don't want to. Well, for me, like <clears throat> the, the water was cold. The water was very cold. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, if I have to portage, I'm going to really sweat and I'm not going to go for a swim because I want to go for a swim because I was sweating, you know, getting the portage done. But it's like, no, it's too cold. It's too cold to swim. So it was, I, 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 it was a, it was a better idea not to, uh, you know, just to base camp and base camping in the fall. And it's just, it was just a guy's trip. It's not like we had a journey or, you know, we didn't have anything to do to achieve. But yeah, so so that was good. I got to paddle with uh, with uh, Mike's neighbor Kevin. Uh, uh, Mike w- was uh, with paddling with uh, one a uh, new coworker of his, Matt. Then uh, and then Scott and uh, and Martin were in the other third canoe. So yeah, it was. Marcus just, never showed up. No, he couldn't make it. I'm not uh. sure why he couldn't make it. And Rick couldn't make it either. He he had some issues, so he didn't he didn't make it. He said it was good because he had some kind of stomach bug. So he said, I couldn't be far from from a Thunderbox. <laughs> right. And and where you guys were, were is there a Thunderbox there? <laughs> yes, there was more Thunderboxes than there were campers. <laughs> Seriously? I have a picture of... <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve Thunderboxes. So the ones that I kept wandering down to to use, it was... Uh, there was there was a bunch of them all nested nearby each other, and it was it's like why, why is there <laughs> so you can have a group poop? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. So here's uh, here's the uh, five. There's there is five there. There's Holy five thunderboxes in one area. So a nice little birch area. Yeah. Open. Yeah. So, yeah, anybody that was sitting on a Thunderbox could see everybody else on Thunderboxes. <laughs> yes, you'd, you have to have some really good friends. <laughs> some, ah. of them are, some of them are, you know, weathered and old, so you can't... One of them, the one closest to the, where I took the camp picture from, that one was collapsing. There was one that was an upside-down uh, storage tote with a toilet seat uh, screwed to it. Mm-hmm. There's one in the background. It looks like it was like from a sex dungeon or something because it had just weirdly made and it had these weird brackets on it. Oh, and uh, but yeah, cage poo. Yeah, and then there's actually so there's five thunderboxes there, and there was a spot where you could see somebody had gone on the ground. And it's like, what? These five thunderboxes weren't good enough for you. <laughs> you had to go on the ground. <laughs> wow, I I don't even begin to yeah. want to know why they have that and many. I know. And so the that uh, that was a site that was a probably it was like there's there's a whole bunch of there are a whole bunch of campsites there. Anyways, the campsite that we stayed on had three thunderboxes, an old one, and then two brand new ones. The last time we were there, they were you could you could sit on one and touch the other. And this year they were moved up about, they may be about 12 feet apart now. So somebody readjusted them because they were just maybe too too close together. Here's my theory. Like a couple's thunderboxes, right? You get to hold hands while you poo in the woods. So we have to put out 20 (laughs) thunderboxes. Not a problem. Did you put out, we put out all 20. All 20. Five on that site, 12 on that site, two on that site. (laughs) Exactly, right? Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> wow, that's I I I gotta say I've never seen yeah it's pretty five wild. thunder boxes on one <laughs> one site one tiny grouping maybe the water's bad there and everybody gets some stomach bug maybe maybe <laughs> some of them were really well built some of them were a bit rougher than others some of them were creative like there was a couple Home Depot buckets with toilet seats uh, taped to them and. And so it was. It was very unusual. It's uh, it's crown land, so you get all types that you're using the area, right? 
Apparently so. <laughs> well, unless, you know what, go back in the summer when all the bushes are out. Because the picture you're showing me, all the leaves are off the tree and yeah. on the ground. Mm-hmm. So you can see through everything. Yeah. But in the summer with the tall grasses. Maybe. All the leaves. Yeah. Maybe people didn't see the other four. <laughs> no, they're pretty boxes. close. Pretty close. <laughs> at very minimum, you'd at least hear them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so, so yes, yeah, very curious. At least you had a place to poop. Yes, <laughs> one yeah. one different different thunderbox for each day. <laughs> I never got to use them all. Oh. I tried. <laughs> got to use them all. Got to go back use them all. Yeah. Uh, so you guys said everybody slept in their own, or did uh, Martin bring his? Martin brought his hot tent, so him and yeah. Scott slept in the hot tent. I had uh, I stayed in a hammock. Everybody else were in tents. Okay, so. You know, the only two people, it was Martin Scott were sharing a tent, and uh, Mike and Willow shared a tent. <laughs> Seems so, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, and it was, uh, I've got that, uh, I've got that Opiongo, uh, it's a, it's a tent, oh, but it also hangs from a tree. Right, 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 right. The, the, oh, who makes that? Yeah, I can't remember. I think Opiongo oh. is the company. Is, I thought that sure. was I thought that was the uh, model of the tent. Mm, I don't remember. Yeah, but yeah, it worked. But it's, really a hanging, well. it's a hanging tent. Yeah, or you can yeah. put it on the ground too. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So you it got was that. it yeah. was nice. It was uh, it was I was very comfy, lot and very warm too. Yeah, because it really wasn't all that. I mean, it was chilly, but it wasn't all down here anyway. The so damp. Some of the yes, it was damp. As some of the guys said that. They they figured it was about minus eight, but really? I think it was colder than that. Oh, because yeah. because the uh, on Sunday morning, all of the puddles around were frozen, mm-hmm. and some of them were almost frozen solid. Like there was a good uh, three quarters of inch thick ice on puddles, and uh, some of the inner bays had uh, ice against the shore. It was it got cold. It got pretty cold. It got pretty cold. It is the season mm-hmm. and all. Yeah, yeah. But at least you got that last November exactly camp in. Yeah. Before <laughs> the winter camping truly yeah. starts. Yeah. And <laughs> did you guys just did you head up the rivers or did you just paddle the the lake or No, we we did. We uh we went up the river. Well, we're gone we we're gone most of the day. We went way up river. And uh we almost made it to I think it crosses underneath the four hundred. Okay. But uh, yeah, so we we're way up there. Yeah. We, it was a long a long trip. We found, we saw evidence of other campers. They were, must have been out on a day trip, but uh, like it was uh, Martin Scott had gone in and said, <laughs> Martin goes, who's going to hang coolers way out here in the middle of the woods? And Scott said to him, well, proud of the guys in that tent. <laughs> 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 it was Martin had seen the tent because it was a big camouflage tent. So, so yeah, it was good. And uh, I, I, Kevin was a bit nervous, but paddling in my boat and I, I kept... Uh, and you know what? My boat does take on some water. It leaks mm-hmm. through the keel. It's got some holes in it, and it's it's seen better days. And uh, I was I was showing him how thin the, the the canoe was, right? And I went and I didn't realize it was right through, but my finger went right through the bottom of the boat. Then we had to tape it because I had broke free that little door. It went right through the bottom. Yeah, like through the hull. Yeah, you could you could uh, you could touch fingers on either side. Oh, dude, <laughs> it is so time to get that fixed. As a matter of fact, I dropped it off at Johnny's Boat Shop on the way home on Monday. You think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to email me an estimate oh. later in the week. So, wow. yeah. They so. got you by the short and curlies on this one, dude, because what's he going to do? Say, no, I'll just keep the tape on. <laughs> <laughs> the tape wasn't working. The water is still coming in. <laughs> But See, it was—it's a hole the size of my finger. That's now was—was was this like day one, day two, day one, day one? So why didn't you get yourself some sap, boil it up, put it over? <laughs> I never even thought of that. Right, you could have done we one should, of the bush fixes. I just put some gorilla tape on it, but oh, it doesn't stick. You it doesn't totally, stick. Totally, totally yeah. missed your opportunity <laughs> to bush fix yeah. it properly, yeah. <laughs> just like the good old days. Yeah, some pine tar, some yeah. oak leaves. See, <laughs> see. Yeah, it was. It still paddled well. It just takes on a little bit of water every now and so you gotta now. stop and bail it out every hour or two. <laughs> wow! <laughs> All your packs must be waterproof. Oh, only in yours. Only <laughs> in yours. Awesome. Uh, did you see any animals? 
we saw bald eagle. Squirrel. Saw quite a few blue jays. Saw bald eagle. Saw chipmunk. I think that's it. Yeah, it seems part of the course. Yeah. That's all we've seen. It was very, there wasn't much going on. It was, uh, well, I think anything, any animals are deep into, like, you're not going to see any moose because there's no no plants in the water mm-hmm. to eat, right? So they're going to be deep in the bush, just eating trees and whatever. But yeah, we didn't see no hide nor hair of any creature, animal, It may have been a moose coming out for last minute hanging pinata. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, Derek, Derek, <laughs> Derek <laughs> yeah. Tent Taco, yeah. middle of the night for a snack. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, it was it was nice. It was got a nice little last hurrah in my canoe in case they don't fix it. So <laughs> in case you got to get the gorilla tape and yeah and pine tar out. <laughs> there was one point where uh, do you know the plastic cap that goes on the bow stern of a canoe? Yeah. So we were pulling the canoe. I was pulling up a shore because we were checking a campsite, and that thing ripped right off. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the, the canoe's twenty years old, so the plastic has been exposed to sunlight for a long time. So <laughs> you're the guy that has when you're driving your car, you can look down and see the road, right? <laughs> you're that guy, aren't you? I used to work with a woman who was like that. She would warn you. It's like we would way back when I was in New Brunswick. If we we were going on a rainy day, she says, "Hold the carpet down with your feet, or else it'll splash up through you." It's like what? Flintstones <laughs> meet the Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it was a Monte Carlo. Yeah, no, I my I keep my cars in good shape. Yeah, it your matters. canoe is not so much. Well, yeah, because I uh, and I hadn't been using it my, a lot lately because I we've been renting. So it, it, I had I like I said we you know I've been in the market for a new canoe, mm-hmm. but uh, this one I don't know how much it's going to cost to get it fixed, but uh, I get another twenty years out of it. It'll it'll be around longer than I am. Hmm. <laughs> May not be float worthy, yep, yep. but it'll be around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holding <laughs> plants and stuff in your front yard. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of buying canoes, mm-hmm. you know how we just go to the Swift store or sale or Mech or we yep. take a drive to Novacraft or whoever and we look at the boats they got on the racks, all mm-hmm. the different makes and models and colors and all the options yeah we have it so good <laughs> along the slopes of the narail and i know i'm saying that wrong how would how do we figure out we said that narail 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 jashore highway in bangladesh there's a market that sits beneath the canopies of a massive rain tree don't think I know what a rain tree is. Mm-hmm. I meant to look that up. I forgot. It's a unique marketplace thriving for half a century. Wow. Also known as 50 years. <laughs> as drawn artisans from various village uh, who arrive with slender watercraft smaller than the typical canoe suited for carrying one, two, or three passengers. Distinctive vessel is locally known as a donga. It is here the skilled craftsmen meticulously put the finishing touches on their palm tree canoes, holding on to the hope that sail season still has life, life despite a decline in market visitors due to unexpected autumn rains. Largest such Dongar hat in the district takes place in Tula Rampur, market of Sadar Upzilla. Every Monday and Friday, market attracts buyers from all around where the price of donga hinges on the tree's age, quality, and shape. Those are your options. Mm-hmm. Age, quality, and shape. Yeah. And anybody who's listening, if you just Google uh, donga, D-O-N-G-A, donga boat images, you got a really good idea of what they're talking about here. Some of them are, some of them are just basically straight log. Dugout like, canoes. Like a dugout canoe, like mm-hmm. a pine tree. Some of them are hour, like half an hourglass shape. They've got uh, just the bowl of a of these uh, these typical typical trees that they dig them out, uh, haul them out of. Almost so looks like a giant extended teardrop. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I was sitting there thinking about all the options we have, and then I came across this thing talking about the the donga market in Bangladesh. 
Um, market springs to life at 7 in the morning with sellers showing up with their canoes. As the day unfolds, so does the crowd of eager customers filling the air with chatter about prices. Market proximity to the main road attracts not only buyers but also van drivers who arrive early in the morning to deliver the purchased canoes to their new owner. There's a that's like a tow truck driver who chases accidents, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Or a lawyer that chases ambulances. <laughs> These van guys head to the market. Oh, you just bought one here. Let me throw that yes, on my exactly. van. I'll take it to wherever you need to just go. Just like that truck that sits in the Home Depot parking lot. It's like, oh, you bought some wood. You need a way to you get it home. You need to get it home. Yeah. Don- the donga crafted from palm trees is a cherished tradition in the southwestern districts of the country. It serves as a practical, cost-effective means of navigating calm, shallow waters suitable for fishing, harvesting water lilies, cutting paddy and jute, and collecting snails. Uh, Hossein Ali, in his 70s, brings his personal canoe to uh, Tula Rampur Market. He's grown up witnessing locals craft canoes in their homes. Uh, recollecting childhood memories of canoe trips with friends during the rainy season, he reflects... This is the tradition of our Nariel. Once every household had a palm canoe, I learned the art of canoe making from my father, who in turn learned it from my grandfather. So father to son Mm -hmm. to father to son. I've been in this business for 40 years. During the dry season, we farm, and when the rainy season sets in, we craft canoes and bring them to market. He says the demand is not high as it once was, but people from far and wide still come to buy our canoes. Each row of canoes boasts distinct head designs with names inspired by the looks of fish heads. For instance, a canoe with a head resembling that of a magger fish is dubbed magger head, while other names like shoal head and kale head. Pretty simple. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Names have remained consistent through generations passed down from fathers and grandfathers. Uh, Crafting two canoes from a single palm tree takes a team of four artisans an entire day. So four people can make two canoes a day. That's impressive that you can hollow it out. Like, it must be very soft wood. Mm -hmm. Ideally, palm trees aged between 20 and 30 years are selected for canoe making, with each tree costing between... 6,000 and 8,000 taka, which is approximately 75 to 100 bucks Canadian. Yeah. That's Hard, not a bad price. Not for a big tree. Well, it, yeah. and over there is probably a high price. Yeah, but over Living here. Over, over here, yeah. yeah. Hard outer shell of the palm tree is used to construct the donga with softer inner part discarded. Uh, once crafted, the interior and exterior of the donga are meticulously rubbed and smoothed. Unlike regular boats, dongas do not receive a coat of paint or tar. Popularity in the region stems from their affordability and ease of transport. I guess if it's a, a palm, it's it's and it's really soft on the inside. It's just basically a shell. Mm-hmm. It's, like- it's got to be a lot lighter than. You know, like a, a big log, <laughs> uh, thicker, yeah, yeah, yeah. denser. Mm-hmm. You know, like the difference like in, like an oak tree or something, yeah. right? Dongers are in higher demand during the rainy season. Uh, this one one old old guy says he's brought his son in law to purchase a canoe. Uh, he says this time I've chosen one to gift to my son in law. They're asking for eight thousand taka. I haven't settled on a price yet. We'll see how it goes. He says. So I guess there's haggling involved, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Artisans recommend immersing the canoes. In, this is this will remind you of something. Immersing the canoes <laughs> in water at the end of the rainy season to preserve their quality. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin. Yep. The yep. canoes they found in Wisconsin. Are, yeah. They're finding finding buried at the bottom of the lake. Right. The price of do, of a donga varies depending on the age, quality, and shape of the tree, starting from a minimum of five hundred taka, reaching up to fifteen thousand. So still, I mean, that's 15000 It's only what, 150 uh, bucks. Uh, 8000 is 100 bucks, so it's like almost double. So, yeah. Yeah. 200 bucks. Uh, 73-year-old Nikhil Goswami uses his canoe for fishing and transporting paddy. The lifespan of a donga depends on the quality of the tree, and to determine this, look for black spots on the trunk. So if you're going over to buy one, listen here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
determine look for black spots on the trunk if the tree has black spots the boat's price is higher and it lasts longer there you go price of dongas fluctuates primarily based on the pulp quality and age of palm trees uh, palm trees with more solid pulp command a higher price than less pulpy ones these are things you need to know. <laughs> Sounds like they're making the out next, of pumpkins. Right? The next time you're going to Bangladesh and you're <laughs> looking for a cheap boat, here you go. Yeah. Uh, if the palm tree is of condensed pulp, the donga can last 10 to 15 years. Donga made from not so solid trees are usable for six months to a year. So basically one season. Prices ranging from three to five hundred taka, which is not a lot. Not a lot at all. Tucking ten, twenty bucks. Custom uh, customers often prefer this affordable option. So a lot of them will just use once a year, right? Long. Yeah. Um. Uh, the evidence, uh, or the prevalence of canoes in Nereal is primarily due to the abundant supply of palm trees in the region. And the monsoon is the prime time for canoe sales with demand increasing if there's more rain and higher water levels. Hmm. Well, yeah, <laughs> higher water levels. <laughs> I needed something to get around in. Yeah, I need something. I kind of need it now. So if you're going to Bangladesh what and you're looking for a, do some paddling. What would it cost to ship one of those home? Okay, so say you bought a 15000 so 200 bucks to buy one. Yep. And you could freight it for like 1000 It'd still be cheaper than going mm-hmm. and buying a modern-day, top-of-the-line so Kevlar Fusion <laughs> with wood-trimmed gunnels mm-hmm. yeah. and a kneeling thwart. I wonder what... Like, just ship one back. Hmm. It's not like you can just call up a store and say, yeah, how much for a donga to ship yeah, to yeah, Canada? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> hmm. So you go to Bangladesh... You buy one, and you just throw it on the flight on the flight home. <laughs> this is my carry. It's not like you're going to have any other luggage. You're just going there for a day. This is my checked luggage. Yeah, please. this is my checked luggage. Yeah, how much? <laughs> just wrap it up in bubble wrap. Really yep. good. Yep. See, there you go, buddy. And then you have to trust that the uh, baggage handlers aren't going to wreck it. Aren't going to or oh no, sorry, it got lost on somewhere between Bangladesh <laughs> and here. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You ever want to go to Bali? Yeah, speaking of rainy season. Speaking of rainy season, officials from the National Disaster Management Agency in Bali have issued warnings for rafting tour providers in Bali as the island braces for the monsoon season. 2022, there were dozens of incidents where whitewater rafting activities for tourists ended in tragedy due to flash flooding and unpredictable conditions on the water. We talked before about if you're going to another country to do whitewater rafting mm. and things like yeah. that, make sure you do your research oh, yes. on the companies and yes. stuff. Because well, apparently over in Bali, yeah. there's a lot of them there that don't really pay attention. <laughs> Tour- we'll take the tourists. Oh, come on. with a little flash flooding. <laughs> they lose a few tourists every year. Yeah. Uh, the head of the Karangasem Regency Disaster Management Agency, or the BPPD, Ida Begas Ketut Arimbawa, has told reporters... Whoa. Yeah. Sounded like you just had a stroke. Right? <laughs> I can't see out of my left eye. <laughs> uh, has told reporters that tour providers and tourists must be cautious during this coming rainy season. He revealed that he and his team are already preparing for landslides and flash floods in the area and that tour providers and activity leaders should do the same. It's confirmed that the uh, BPBD has sent a letter to the uh, tourism office to be forwarded to tour and travel operators in the area. They are committed to ensuring the disasters of 2022 will not be repeated in any way. In 2023. So 2022 was a bad, bad it, year. It was. So yeah. they had, and it's all about, you know, sudden flash floods and, and so on. Like you get rain in the mountains and it's, you get a flash flood down lower. And if you're on a, if you're on a rafting tour, rafting trip and, and things go bad. So either the flash flood or flip over, or hit your head on a rock, mm-hmm. stuff like that. 
learning from experience should make our tour uh, providers understand, but the government, through its respective agencies, is still obliged to remind you through letters of advice. Hmm. Uh, he's warning, uh, urging whitewater rafting companies to prepare sufficient human resources and infrastructures within their businesses to ensure that all tourists and their guides are safe on the water. It says, uh, learning from previous years, when it rains, there are more landslides and flash floods. Landslides are most likely to occur in the areas along the roads leading to the rafting locations. Because, <laughs> I mean, you see these old, some of these uh, videos where they're going around these dirt roads right next to oh, the yeah. river. Yes, right? yes, yes. That are going to these places. So, you know, that's where the landslides and mm-hmm. stuff are going to happen, right? Um. Karanga Sam Regency is the most popular place to take part in whitewater rafting activity outside of the experiences on offer from the A Young River in uh, Ubud. He is, and they called on the all Regency BPBD units in Bali to work together in anticipation of natural disasters in the coming rainy season. Uh, he notes that across the Regency teams should be ensuring drainage channels and rivers are clear of debris and that tree pruning is advisable before the storms yes, arrive. Before. So, it, yeah, because there's trees laying at the side in nice regular times. You're yeah. just going right under that tree. Mm-hmm. But when the higher water and the flash floods, you're going through that tree, yeah. which is an issue when people are in your boat. <laughs> Keep your tours safe. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he's also issued warnings for tour guides who run treks on Karagasm's Mount Agog, the island's largest volcano, which remains active. He advised tour guides and tourists to keep this in mind. Don't stay too long at the top of the craters because of the threat of poisonous gas, avalanches, <laughs> and slippery routes due to large number of rocks that drift along the climb. Dangerous, yeah. You would think you wouldn't need to remind tour companies and such of that safety. It's, exactly, it's not good guidelines. on sales if you start losing tourists, yeah. right? So, uh, yeah, it's fairly. Decently <laughs> safe, I would say. We only lost 17 people last year as opposed to the 25 we lost the year before. So, you know, we <laughs> expect to lose less this year. <laughs> All right, sign me up. Let's go up that volcano three or four times. Exactly. I'll run. Uh, November 2022, a 43-year-old mother of four died while rafting. Tragedy on the Talago Waha River. Shocking news broke just days after an American tourist went missing and presumed dead following a week-long search and rescue mission following a similar disaster. So people flipping off the side of a raft, and they don't have the safety precautions to get them back in. That or they... Lots can happen in in a rough river, right? And nah. mean, you may not, like, you know, in, uh, like here in Canada, we'd have really fast access mm-hmm. to emergency help and so on. But over there, maybe not, right? She hit her head on a rock and f- after falling out of the raft. Mm-hmm. Oops. That's unfortunate. Reports from the time outline that the woman died by drowning after losing consciousness as she hit her head on a rock and fell out of the raft. Husband and four children witnessed the incident. Yikes. Over the 2022 rainy season, dozen more videos on social media and anecdotal reports emerged from the island as some river rafting providers continued with their tours despite dangerous conditions on the water. Although much of Bali remains in a state of drought, the first rains have started to arrive in some areas. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, revealed that as the island heads into the monsoon season, 328 villages will be placed on alert for flooding. 68 will receive high hazard alert. 260 on medium hazard alert. Wow. This includes villages in and around the popular tourist resort of Badung Regency. Uh, Let's be more alert and always be prepared to face potential disaster threats. It's uh, the weather's a lot more erratic over there. Well, in the monsoons, mm-hmm. when, when the monsoon season's hitting, to me that doesn't say let's go visit. <laughs> but 
But you want running. The, it's hey, the, hey, it's hurricane season in Florida. <laughs> Book a flight. I know, right? <laughs> right? What that? Tornadoes in Texas? Let's, Let's go. call West Hanson. See if he's got a spot for us for the weekend. See if he's got his canoe out. Yeah. I guess these, this rubber weather can be fun and entertaining, though, right? Well, and I joke about that, mm-hmm. right? But we, when I was in college, we went down to Mexico for a week in Cancun, and we landed the day before a hurricane hit. Oh, yeah. And as they're boarding up the windows and the big waves are starting to come in. You're checking in. <laughs> we're in the water. We've yeah. got beers. And we're in the water because none of us had ever been in the ocean hey, before. Hey, you idiots! Get out of the water! I mean, you're talking about people that are from like Northern Ontario, yeah. Saskatchewan, that sort of thing, Ottawa. Yeah. Never been in the ocean? No. Let's go. No, I'll grab your beer from the bar. Let's got your trunks on. Let's yeah. let's go for a dip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and our experience with a storm is eh, whatever. Like we we have thunder, spits. lightning. Let's yeah. get under a tarp and wait yeah. it out. Yeah. What's that big funnel cloud thing going? <laughs> Go check it out. This is, is so exciting. <laughs> this is so exciting. Look at that. A cow in a pickup truck midair. <laughs> Go check that out. Get me my camera. Oh, nothing but good times. Yep. Hey, we're drinking a Banter and Company Brewing Irish Stout tonight. And it's actually quite good. This is a really nice one. And Banter and Company. What That's was it? The, uh, Last week was a black IPA. Yep. And this week's an Irish stout. Hmm. Very, very good. Our Irish stout, despite its deep, dark appearance, is a surprisingly easy drinking ale, chocolatey and smooth with a subtle smoky finish, along with a balanced influence of European hops. Pour vigorously. And I poured it too vigorously and then had to <laughs> clean up on aisle four. <laughs> Ah, it's a good beer, though. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Irish, I like an Irish stout, too. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. Have to go back there. It's Derek approved. Derek approved. Uh, hey, Upper Chattooga River, U.S. Forest Service, has oh, yes. finalized regulations for boating in the upper stretches of the Chattooga River, where non-motorized boating access to the river will be limited to only those who have permits in North and South Carolina. Is it codifying or codifying? I, I think it's codify. Because it has to be code. It's about codes. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, it, co- codifying them look right. Codifying. Yeah. Uh, codifying permitting regulations in the 40 years long back and forth between boating organizations, the U.S. Forest Service, anglers, and landowners in Upper Chattooga. So this has been going on for 40 years, trying to figure out what's what the dealio is. Designated as a wild and scenic river in 1974, the Chattooga River begins in the mountains of the Nantahala National Forest in Jackson County, flows through the Chattahoochee Oconee National Forest in Georgia, and Sumter National Forest in South Carolina. Part of the 1972 film Deliverance was filmed on part of the river in the Oconee uh, Oconee, uh, County. It's one of the longest free-flowing mountain rivers in the southeast. Regulations have been in place regarding floating activities, which primarily focus on boats, rafts, and inner tubes, since regulatory measures of the river began in 1978. However, floating on the Upper Chattooga was entirely prohibited until 2012. Really? Yeah. New regulations allowed boating above Georgia and South Carolina, U.S. 28 allowing kayaks, canoes, and rafts to legally traverse the 21-mile stretch of the river for the first time in over 35 years. Very cool. Regulations aim to address a missing piece in U.S. Forest Service legal language, clarifying that those who wish to boat on stretches of the river in both South Carolina and North Carolina must have permits. A change was needed to accurately align the regulations with a 2012 decision that permit floating activities on the upper reaches of the uh, Chattooga Wild Scenic River, which includes the Nantahala uh, National Forest in North Carolina, says Forest Service spokesperson Kimberly DeVale. Previously, regulations did not address the part of the WSR that is in North Carolina, also, the previous regulation only addressed the Chatter- 
Chattahoochee National Forest on the Georgia side of the river. New regulations now include the Sumner National Forest on the South Carolina side of the river. Updated regulation does not apply to sections 3 and 4 on the lower Chattooga, where commercial rafting outfitters run trips. Final regulations are set to go into place December 7th. Very cool. So there's, there's regulations there and whatnot. Now you can, as long as you got a permit. Yep. And it's just weird. Eh? And the permits are free. They just want you to register. But I mean, that's like, yeah, it just, it's just weird having a, I'm going out for the permit. But I guess realistically, it's no different than going to Algonquin Park, paddling for the day. Yep. You go get your permit. Yep. You have to get your permit. Yeah. Huh. Uh, here are a few things you should know before heading out to boat on the Upper Chattooga. The boating season on the Upper Chattooga lasts from December to April. Again, weird, because for us, that's I, like winter. Winter uh, is only available during daytime. For all floating, you must obtain a self-registration permit at a put-in location and carry a permit in a dry pack at all times. Permits are free. Paddling in this section is only allowed after flows reach 350 cubic feet per second, meaning paddling will be unavailable some days. Oh, there's got to be some way that some place you can check where it records what's yeah what the paddle and, flow and is. You can do that in Ontario, Quebec too. You can find mm-hmm. what the the CPM or CPS of the river is, and so they probably have the same thing where they would have probably the signage saying you know today is a non paddling day on the on the on the what do you call it the, the website or something river. yeah. Uh, boating is only permitted at designated put-in or take-out areas at Green Creek Trail, Norton Mill Creek, Bullpen Bridge, Burrell's Ford Bridge, and Lick Log Access Trail. Commercial boating is prohibited. Define commercial boating. Uh, I'm thinking like a tour boat. Like somebody so charter. So what, what if you did rafting? Could a rafting That would be commercial. Set? So you couldn't have a commercial rafting company? No. No, not in that, hmm. not in the upper Tuga. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. We started getting it looked after. Yeah. Right? Took forever. To, yeah. We talked about the uh, Ikata Kudari in yes. Kiriyama, Japan. Just last week, right? The log rafting. Mm-hmm. Thought it was pretty cool. Previously, we've talked about uh, the in Sweden, you can float like you make you build a, a raft with a tent and everything on it that's the one i wanted the do. huckleberry finn style raft in sweden you go up to eight days and at the end you end up at the spot and they take it apart and then log the or hope the logs way back up to yep. the beginning again uh we talked about the tradition of timber rafting cultivated in austria czech republic germany latvia poland spain uh, which was inscribed on UNESCO representative list of intangible cultural heritage of humanity <laughs> in 2022. We've talked about that. Yeah. Uh, one of our listeners, Patrick, thank you very much, Patrick, sent a couple videos to us of log rafting in Germany and Bavaria. So there's these big rafts yeah. that have sort of benches on them. <laughs> You sit on the benches going <laughs> yeah. down, yeah. drinking beer. Yep. With an oompa. There's band. like a oompa band on this raft. <laughs> There's somebody at the back, the one I was watching, the guy at the back with the barbecue making food. So you got to think it's like bratwurst and yep. Yep. all that sort of good stuff. And there's this little um, curtained off square at the back. I looks like it's a, a porta potty or something. Oh, okay, yeah, there, yeah. Right? Yeah. Cause, yeah, because they don't want everybody just peeing over the side mm-hmm. or whatever. That's hilarious. Um and there's a couple spots. So you're going down the nice lazy river and then there's a couple spots where around a down what I guess you call that like a log chute sort log of thing, shoot, right? Yeah. yeah, some sort of chute. That all of a sudden the raft just goes right <laughs> on down. <laughs> How come no one's told us about these? I know. Like, that looks like a hoot. It does. And you're going to get wet. You're, you're guaranteed yeah. to get wet. Yeah. But it looks like a hoot. Like, you got a oom-pa-pa band. You're getting drinking beer, eating sausages. Yeehaw. What? How wow. could you go wrong? What, what could possibly what? go well. wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, I was in a couple of groups there, and I, I, I was posting the video, a couple of uh, message groups and stuff like that. I could probably fill a plane. 
with people that want to go. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Everyone count me in. When do we leave? I, I'm going, I'd be up for that. I, I, if I could get a plane with a discount yeah. and hook up one of those companies. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, if, if you want to check that. Actually, I put a link to one of the videos on our Facebook page. Uh, it looks like in Austria they do, or Bavaria, they do it on uh, the Isar River. Okay. I-S-A-R mm-hmm. River. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a couple of good uh, videos there. You just watch them go down, and you got the whole Oompa Bland playing there, and they got the big steins of beer, and they're hooting and hollering, and the dude in the back is cooking food. And yeah, amazing, awesome. That's a good weekend. Awesome. Yeah. What'd you do? Today? Well, let me tell you what I did. <laughs> I flew to Germany, <laughs> Ubered to this place, to yeah. this place, hopped on a raft. I was given a stein of beer and a. And a, a sausage on a, <laughs> a Oompa band playing. Yeah. And we went ripping down a river. <laughs> Hot back on the plane, came home. What'd you do this weekend? <laughs> Nothing like that. No, not exactly. Nothing right. like that. Yeah. Um, however, not a ton of people go to Germany as a hot spot thing in the winter or the summer because everybody wants to go to the hot spots, right? A lot of uh, tourists go to Jamaica. Yep. And if you're looking for something in Jamaica, guess what they do there? (laughs) I'm going to guess rafting. I'm going to guess log rafting. (laughs) Bamboo rafting on the Martha Bray River is an immersion into Mother Nature's therapeutic side. 30-foot rafts were once used to transport sugar to ocean ports, but now move tourists along the jade green waters. Of the lushly foliaged Martha Bray. Tour starts at Trelawney about 45 minutes from Montego Bay. Three mile trip takes just over an hour. An SUV returns guests at the end of the journey, which costs 35 bucks a person. Oh, that's not too bad at all. No. Rafts, which guides propel by pushing off the river bottom with long bamboo poles, are fabricated from towering bamboo trees that provided canopy over much of the river. Now, I will just plead my ignorance here. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize they grew bamboo in Jamaica. Anywhere is where it's temperate. Yeah, I did. bamboo to me always screams... Jungle? Asia, yeah. stuff like that. Now, I, I don't think I really realized mm-hmm. that they grew bamboo in Jamaica. Hmm. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Um, along the way, you can see banana, palm, breadfruit, and mango trees. A few swimmers splashing in the water. And the guides will assure you are they are free of snakes and any sharp-toothed <laughs> reptiles. Like, I'm going to believe them. Yeah. <laughs> also, vendors in makeshift booths along the river's edge selling everything from fresh coconut water to local art and souvenirs, jerk chicken, and bottles of red-striped beer. So you could actually make this hour, 15-minute trip last a whole heck of a lot longer. <laughs> yes. I'll pull over. I want to check out this guy's stand. Yeah. No, pull, you want a taco? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want uh, some jerk chicken. Some chicken. Gotta stop some for some jer- chicken. Jerk chicken and a couple of beers. <laughs> uh, guides uh, speak of the significance of the river, the wildlife such as turtles, deer, peacocks that frequent it, and its history going back to the time of the Spanish rule. There is a local legend in which a Taino witch was tortured by Spaniards into revealing the location of a gold stash hidden along the river. She led them to a cave and changed the course of the river, killing the Spaniards and blocking the cave where the treasure allegedly still remains. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Ride ends at Rafter's Rest, which is has a bar, gift shop, restaurant, and photo shop. How convenient. <laughs> That's just like the CN Tower. Yeah. Well, when you come down the elevator. Everybody exits through the gift exits shop. Exits through the <laughs> gift shop. <laughs> Many resorts offer excursions on the Martha Bray, although drive-ins are also welcome. The raft sits two people and single riders are not allowed. Huh. That's weird. Yeah. Hmm. For a safety thing. Yeah, maybe. But that sounds pretty cool, though, eh? Mm-hmm. We're going to have to start doing some of these rafting tours. Uh, apparently, lo- rafting on logs 
is like a big thing worldwide. Yeah. I mean, with uh, oh yeah, there was the one in Japan, which is pretty cool, and then there was that one in Sweden, which is pretty, and then there's the timber rafting, and then <laughs> now there's the the Oompa band rafting and Jamaica rafting. Ah, it just never ends. I wonder if there's like a log rafters union. You can have, I wonder if you do a rafting world tour. A rafting world tour. Make That'd a video awesome, and right? be at the uh, like one of these uh, film fests. Yeah, <laughs> tour the rafts on the logs. It's just like a uh, rail, the tour the country on the rail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The people yeah, that hop the exactly. trains. Yeah. Yeah. Tour the world on the logs. On the logs. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to do the one in Sweden with the logs and the train. You yeah, sleep right so on you it. Sleep or you sleep pitch your tent. And yeah. Just, yeah, that would be awesome. That, that really that, would that'd that'd be, be cool. cool. That'd be cool. That's my, I want to do that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yukon River Quest registration, ah, yes. 24th Yukon River Quest is now open. Annual paddling marathon will be held June 24th to 29th. A lot of time to come. 2024, so you got a lot of time. 715 kilometers, a 444-mile race runs from the U- up the Yukon River from Whitehorse to Dawson City in Canada's Yukon Territory. Race passes through the traditional lands of five Yukon First Nations, honors the cultures of those who've lived off the river and nurtured it for centuries. Race to the Midnight Sun for many years has the world's longest annual paddling race, and it remains unique because teams race around the clock on a wilderness river and under a sky that never gets dark. That's awesome. That is really cool. Full races all about endurance. Aside from 10 hours of mandatory layover, teams paddle non-stop. Because I think the layover is in CarMax, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, teams paddle non-stop to reach Dawson City, the heart of the Klondike. The Yukon River Quest, not to be mistaken with the Yukon 1000, the Yukon River Quest is now a qualifier for participants in the Yukon 1000. Now, could you... Is it you have to qualify to go? By the sounds of it, you have... So so just... I could be wrong, but by the way I read this, you have to participate and do well in the Yukon River Quest if you want to be accepted into the mm-hmm. Yukon 1000. Which would kind of suck if you're, say, from Sweden or something. <laughs> so you got to come all the way over yep. Yep. to do the River Quest, and if you qualify... You go home, and then a few weeks later, you got to come all the way back. <laughs> no! I qualified now. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't get that. And neither one's really cheap. No, Yukon uh, 1000 is 1,000 miles, 1,600 kilometers, $4,200 per person. That's a lot. Holy cow. So if you want, you and I wanted to go, hmm. we would first have to qualify by paddling another race. Yep. And then we would have to pay eighty four hundred bucks, plus get our boat up there, our travel expenses, food, where we're staying before and after oh, the yeah. race. It's going to add up. Coming all the way back home. Holy jumpins! <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be cheap. The You're allure, for two trips. right? The allure of the Yukon River has made the Yukon River Quest a draw for teams from many other countries, drawing paddlers from 36 nations. Recent years, more than 100 teams have registered, prompting race officials to adjust the total number of teams allowed to 125 teams. Because hmm. they used to be 100 only, right? Yep. Prior to the pandemic in 2019, the River Quest saw a record 117 teams start and 86 finish. After not having the race for a couple of years, it returned in 2022 on a fast and high river. And I remember this, talking about that last year, resulting in new course record of 39 hours, 18 minutes, 12 seconds by a Canadian C4 team. 2023, the race was moved to early July to avoid higher water levels. Uh, teams are advised to register early to both ensure a spot in the field and give paddlers plenty of time to train. So if you know you're going to go, register now so that if you're accepted, yeah, 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 yeah. you got yeah. the time to train. Maybe you need to go up there a third time just to travel. <laughs> uh, things to know about the Yukon River Quest 2024. Entry fees are $400 per boat plus, plus. 400 per paddler. It, so up. realistically, I mean, it, it's 8400 for two people in a canoe for mm-hmm. the 
Yukon 1000. Yep. This is only 1200 for a for a boat with two people in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mind you, the, the Yukon uh, 1000, I don't think they charge for the boat. It's oh, just oh. 4200 per person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where this one's yep, 400 yep. for the boat plus 400. Yep. So that's kind of sucks if you're a solo paddler. That's 800 mm-hmm. bucks. There must be a lot of logistics to uh, finance to make this successful. I don't know. Prize money could be $64,000 Canadian, Ooh. which is what, $18 US? Uh, <laughs> if there's a full field. Race time is, uh, start time is 9 a.m. on June 24th, unless numbers and water levels necessitate a second start time, which would suck for people on a fixed <laughs> vacation time from work. Paddlers are encouraged to provide their own support crews. However, the Yukon River Quest has implemented a paid service to support teams at the mandatory layover in CarMax. Mandatory layover time will be a total of 10 hours. Tracking devices like SpotX and InReach are required. Mm-hmm. More details made available soon in the 2024 rules on the website, yukonriverquest.com. Rules are posted in English along with the racer guide and several preparation tips. Uh, preparation tip, get a sponsor to pay for everything. The rules <laughs> are subject to change. Yeah. Rule one, there are no rules. Rule two, see rule one. <laughs> the rules are subject to change. Uh, watch for race updates in newsletters and on social media sites linked from the webpage. Very cool. So if you're thinking about doing it, now's the time to get in there with your cash Get your team together and, and sign start up. practicing. Right? Start getting your exercise. Uh-huh. Do you know any snowbirds head to Florida for the year, the winter? Uh, not the whole winter, but my brother does, my oldest brother does go down for a couple weeks every year. Yeah? Whereabouts? Uh, it, I think he's in Tampa. Can't remember. Well, does he, does he paddle? No. Why not? What's wrong with him? <laughs> I guess every, <laughs> every... Family has to have that one. One paddler or nine minute? Or that one person that doesn't. Yeah. There's the one weird one in the family. Does everybody else <laughs> paddle in your family? <laughs> no. Then you're it. I'm the weird one. <laughs> you're the weird one. But they say if you, there's always a weird one in the family. If you don't know who the weird one is, then you're, you're it. You're it. Yeah. Florida is the only state for viewing manatees in the winter. So if you're a snowbird heading to Florida for the winter. Go check and out you some do manatees. some paddling. Generally, starting in December, these docile animals reside primarily primarily blah, 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 on Florida's eastern coast, residing in this area until around March. So December to March. Manatees are friendly and curious and aren't too shy when approaching humans, providing some great photo opportunities. Swimming and kayaking near them is allowed, but touching or harassing the manatees yes, exactly. is not permitted. No touchy. Gentle giants are kayakers' friends and a favorite mammal of snorkelers and swimmers. So there's about eight good places to go visit them. Yeah, and there's quite a few that you can get right up nice and close. So Homosassa Springs Wildlife State Park, great location to view and learn about manatees, uh, is this Florida State Park. There are daily manatee programs offered at 11 and 1. In addition to the elevated boardwalks, the Fishbowl Underwater Observatory allows for up-close views of the manatees as they swim by. Additionally, there's a live TV uh, feed on the sun deck that provides underwater views. Or oh, paddle very away. cool. Yeah. Wiki-wachi Spring <laughs> State Park. Wiki-wachi. Near the Spring Hill area, the manatees are at Wiki-wachi year-round, yet wintertime is still the season they favor due to the warm spring waters. Unique way to spot manatees and possibly see them up close is from the seat of a rented kayak. Watch in amazement as these gentle giants possibly, I would say possibly, everything's possible, mm-hmm. swim beside or underneath your kayak. Well, they can't guarantee it. No, they're not going to. But if, if you're going there, expect, yeah, I definitely want to. It's like people going, oh, I did not see any moose when I went to Algonquin Park. <laughs> okay. I was told I would see moose. Yeah. Edward Bell Wakula Spring State Park. Manatees reside year-round within this state park, but are most commonly spotted from October to January. 
plenty of other wildlife living in the river corridor and other areas of the park. I'm thinking probably bitey ones. Guests taking the riverboat cruise will be able to gain clear views of birds and gators. Yeah, the bitey ones. <laughs> this state park is open year-round from 8 a.m. until sundown. There is a flat rate of 6 bucks per vehicle to enter. That's not bad at all. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, I mean, like up up here, what is it to go to like African Lion Safari or something? Oh, yeah. Right? It's like a, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Uh, Merritt Island National Wildlife Refuge in Titusville, part of the Space Coast. This wildlife refuge is an impressive 140,000 acres. Plenty of wildlife, plants, and birds can be found throughout the refuge as well as manatees year-round. In fact, there's a manatee viewing deck on Hallover Canal that provides a good chance of seeing a manatee or two on the move. Another place to view them is in Bears Cove Boat Ramp, as they can be seen sometimes in the nearby cove. Very so you cool. go to paddle in. Yeah. Right? You zip out and see them uh, uh, there. Blue Spring State Park, just outside of Orlando. Blue Spring State Park is a popular location for watching the manatees. Although swimming is prohibited during the winter season, kayaking is allowed in certain areas. Bordeaux, you know, this is, that's what you want to check beforehand is where you can kayak and where yeah. you're not allowed to. Because either way, like if it's a smaller place, where the manatees like to go, and you get too many people there. Yeah, it, it can you're not getting the full. Yeah, not getting the full experience. Boardwalk is a great place to view the manatees, and it's recommended to arrive early in the morning. Manatees head to the St. John's River later in the day. Plus, arriving early will help avoid the crowds. That's my big thing. And for your brother, Tampa Electric Power Plant, just outside Tampa. Mm-hmm. Big Bend Power Station at Apollo Beach is a prominent spot for manatee sightings. Warm waters in this man-made source offer the manatees a refuge from cold water. I bet you if we had them in Lake Ontario, they'd be right at the nuclear power plant. They discharge where it's nice and warm. (laughs) Yeah. And the big car bar. Not long after manatees started migrating here, the Manatee Viewing Center was opened and currently operates from November 1st to April 15th, 10 a.m. till 5 p.m., After visiting the education center to learn about manatees, guests can stroll down the boardwalk to see the manatees firsthand. I checked out some of these online just for pictures and video and stuff. It's it's pretty cool. You see see a lot of people watching the manatees, quite a few manatees, especially in winter, right, where Mm -hmm. they're looking for the warmer water. Well, you know, and and to be out there in a canoe or a kayak Mm -hmm. and paddle around and all of a sudden see... I mean, it's, you get weary when there's something massive coming by, but you know these things are gentle. Gentle and, giants, yeah. You know, they're not going to, like, try to jump on, like, <laughs> you see the videos of, of a seal trying to jump on somebody's kayak. Or a whale. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know. Look it, out. It's the bitey guys that I have issues <laughs> with. Yeah. Three Sister Springs, small town of Crystal River, which I've, I'm thinking John Van Berger or Alan Drummond went here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it sounds familiar. A small town of Crystal River is famous for its manatee sightings. Situated about two hours from both both Orlando and Tampa, Crystal Clear Spring is probably the most popular location for manatee sightseeing opportunities. On the coldest days, visitors can expect to see at least 200. Can you imagine? A whole herd. Is that a herd of manatees? A flock? That's something I'm going to have to look up. (laughs) What is a herd of manatees called? A herd? Crystal River is one of the only locations that allows visitors to swim with manatees within the state of Florida. Kayak, snorkel, or swim beside the giants. Or for those land lovers who wish to view the manatees, there is a boardwalk that runs along the edge of the spring. This is a herd of... It can't be a herd. (laughs) A school? It's a herd. Is it a herd? Herd of manatees. Have you heard? Herd of manatees? (laughs) Huh. Heard the word. Bird, 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 bird. Bird's the word. word. A herd of manatees. You figure they get their own something or other. Like a slog of manatees or something. Something. Yeah. Let's, uh, maybe that should be, we should, we should lobby for a change in the name. (laughs) Uh, and the last one is Hunter Springs. For those who want to swim with the manatees in water as well as summer, uh, or sorry, in winter as well as summer, 
Hunter Springs is the perfect place, just a few miles from Three Sisters Spring in Crystal River. This place is a lot less packed, uh, probably people and manatee-wise. Rent a kayak from Three Sisters and enjoy a quick 20-minute paddle to Hunter Springs. Spend the afternoon in their swimming area and see how many manatees swim by. Very cool. That'd hmm. be neat. I hadn't really ever thought of going down to see them, but uh, now I'm curious. Yeah, that's what I've always I thought. Like, if I'm ever down there paddling, go see some manatees for one day and take a little trip into the Everglades. See if you do some paddling through there. But like I say, you got all the snakes and the gators. Yeah, it's the gators that I. It's be the bitey about. guys. Yes, and I'm not talking mosquitoes and flies. <laughs> the other bitey guys, the long, yeah, pointy snouted bitey guys. <laughs> Uh, um, I think that's all I've got I'm tapped out Are you? Really? I'm excited to know if my boat's going to get fixed Get your boat fixed (laughs) I wonder, because Mike Byrne still has that His Eskif for sale, doesn't he? The Canyon? He does, yeah That was a good little boat you guys took? It was, yeah, yeah yeah. If you were given one for free I would take it if you had to buy, if you if you had the money, would you buy one, or would you rather buy something else? No. Well, if I had the money to buy one, I'm going to buy several. I'm going to want a summer <laughs> tripping one. I'm going oh, to want one. a whitewater, a whitewater one. If I had just one whitewater boat, I would buy one of those. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not buying a whitewater boat. Is it good to portage? How heavy was it to portage? Oh, they're all heavy. Whitewater boats are heavy. I think it was. Uh, 80 pounds. Oh, so it would be just like, almost like portage of my old green beastie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. 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 But you have to do a lot of, you have to make it worthwhile. Because the, the white water boats are not cheap. And uh, if, you, if you have one, you won't have to use it. You've What's got he it. selling it for? Do you remember? Oh, I don't know. Like 1800 bucks or something? Two grand or something. Yeah. Two grand? Maybe I buy it from him, pay him 100 bucks. Box a month for the next, <laughs> for the rest of your life. next 20 months. I'll make it 21 months. Yeah. <laughs> 50 bucks for the next 40. It's like a car. Yeah, I can do it. Down payment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down exactly. payment so much a month? <laughs> Interest free? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All righty. <laughs> Uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or I guess X. I'm going to call it Twitter for the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah, I know. I still, call, Sky Dome. I still call it Sky Dome in downtown yeah. Toronto. I don't think I've called it the Rogers Center or the Scotiabank Center or the Tweedledoodah Center, whatever it's called nowadays. Download or stream our episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Or you can go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and you can stream or download all our episodes there. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.